what we do here is go back, 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 back. Uh, Mike, I know this is going to be hard for you, but you do have to select um, for the Los Angeles Chargers as they are picking at number 17. Absolutely. And I think this is the first spot where you see a punter coming off the board. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. With me, as always, for the first time in a little bit, second time, and I think we're two for five right now, last five episodes, but that's okay. That's okay, because we figured it out. We've done it. We've got, we've got the people some content one way or another. We appreciate you guys. I'm going to get this out of the way first. We appreciate you guys rolling with us and uh, shucking and jiving, but nonetheless, we are here. Uh, we got some big Raider news to cover, and um, we're going to jump back into a little bit of the draft stuff for y'all as well. So, Andrew, before we get into that, how are you? How's it going? How's Paradise Life going? It's It feels right to be up here, you know? feels like home because it is and was um, home. So, shucking and jiving, you guys have done great doing that, so... That's why the why the windshield's bigger than the rearview mirror, Micah. All we're doing is we're just looking forward. So we're getting close to uh, two weeks uh, as of today until the NFL draft. So we're going to do our first mock draft um, that we'll get into. But some big Raider news that we did want to start with. As of yesterday, Derek Carr got his contract extension. Mike is going to walk us through the breakdown of that. But all in all, happy to have him extended for what it is. We'll get into our thoughts there. But uh Micah, laid out. What was the contract? What does it look like year over year? How are we feeling about this DC, DC's new contract? Yeah, well, it's fantastic. So we'll start with getting into the numbers first. Um, it's a three-year, $121.5 million extension on top of uh, his, his, his last year he had this year. So that puts him at 40.5 a year is what his extension was. So this year... He was at 19.8 for the year. The way they the way they worked it, he will get a 5.6 boost. So he'll he'll be right up about 23 for this year, 24 for this year. 65 million guaranteed. He came into it and and worked out a really team friendly deal. It starts off by the Raiders essentially being able to cut ties with him after 2022 and only have um, like a six million cap hit. If he's still with us, as we plan on him being into the 2023 season, uh, his cap hit will be $35 million. Looking at some numbers, he's going to rank about eighth underneath um, the quarterbacks for that year as far as cap hit goes. But his base salaries isn't going to hit $40 million, um, until 2024, which at the rate that we're going right now, quarterbacks running rates are probably going to be like $60 million, you know, 50 to $60 million a year at that point. So... It's something that, like his last contract, once you get towards the back end of things, you realize that it's going to be a steal for quarterbacks with just what the market looks like. There were the quotes out there from Carr saying he told his agent he was either going to be a Raider or he was going to be playing golf. And how much of that is true, who knows. But he's always said he wants to be a Raider for life. We've talked about that um, aspect. But, you know, he worked out a, a team-friendly deal so that the Raiders could continue to go out and sign people or extend people. 
I think a big part of it is Waller and Renfro need to get paid as well. Uh, he did have another quote that came out saying, last time I signed a new contract, my best friend got traded in Khalil Mack. So I like it. I think it's right in that range that we've talked about. You talked about that 40 to 45. It was going to need to be all in all. Zeigler does it again. gets a good, you know, you look at the numbers and you're like, that's a lot of money. And then you look deeper at the numbers and you're like, he really worked it out well for us. And, you know, Carr's always been someone that's, you know, been about the team first, even when it comes to his contracts for the most part. So, um, yeah, those are the numbers on that. Uh, what was your thoughts on all of this going down? Yeah, I mean, at first I was just happy that he got extended. I think we knew what our options were as far as being able to acquire a quarterback. Like, as of yesterday, Rodgers already re-signed. Russell Wilson goes to Sean or goes to the Broncos. Deshaun goes to the Browns. So we're like, okay, we're not really in love with anyone in the draft. So that was definitely the right call. When it first came out, three at 121, you're like, okay, that's 40 and a half mil, right, per year. But not really. It's an extension. Like, you broke it down. How it's structured is he's actually taking a pay cut um, a little bit, a little bit of a haircut this year, which is going to free up because there was a signing bonus incorporated with that. So that's going to free up, I believe, around 20 million post June 1, which is the league starting date, which it never feels like the league is, has ever ended. It feels like it started a long time ago and just continues. But post June 1 is when we'll have an additional $20 million in cap space. Then if you factor in potential kind of for, already forecasted cuts with Littleton and Kwiatkowski, that'll be an extra 20 mil, which then we can re-engage into the free agent free agency market, which, you know, all the names of Gilmore that, you know, Honey Badger, like those guys, they're still out there. And there's the initial wave of free agency that people get paid. And there's still guys that are out there that are really good. That can be benefactors to teams. And you're seeing those guys wait, you know, if they don't get picked up in that first wave of free agency, because teams are in this exact situation where they need to extend their current players, Max Crosby, um, and then they have to start kind of cutting different players, but then that cap hit won't hit until post June one. That's why there's still a lot of good players out there. This is going to allow the Raiders to be potentially big, you know, big spenders, or I guess once it gets past June for potential, like I said, Gilmore, Honey Badger, hopefully some O-linemen um, just to kind of beef up that, that front. But I was happy about it. I was happy about the way that it, you know, the, it's always the initial report. You go, Ooh, okay. But then you hear it, you go, you see the contract, how it's laid out. You hear what, um, you know, Ziegler, McDaniels, and Carr had to say about it. Um, and it just feels like they came in in a very uncertain situation, at least as far as the, not the team, but, you know, DC and where that future is going. They came in saying, hey, we're going to build around you. You're the future. Um, you are part of the reasons that attracted us to get this job. So then they go out and spend big Chandler Jones, trade for Devontae Adams, give Max Crosby a new deal. And then now he gets a good deal. And DC was able to work with them on the contract and a lot of back end money that is in the 40 plus million dollar range in 2023, 24. But that's like you said, the market today, it's 2022. The market today is going to just be so different. It's very similar where he got his initial contract five at 125 and he was like, oh, Derek Carr is a top five paid quarterback, which, yeah, how long did that last? You know, so there's still. Kyler Murray wants a new contract. Lamar Jackson wants a new contract. Joe Burrow, Herbert, you know, all those guys are are still going to, they're going to just completely reset the market. So I think it's going to be beneficial for us. And all in all, as, as far as this year, we're going to be able to still spend and not, you know, take take a lot of that 
you know, because because everything was back end, like the high cap hit was in the back end. It's going to allow us to be players in free agency. So happy to keep DC. Happy to still play aggressive in kind of this win now mode where we gave up our first, you know, first and second round draft picks for Devonte Adams. We're trying to build the team because we feel like we have a strong enough team that kind of you know that 2021 group that completed, and we just needed to add a few a few players. And we have in the off season um, been able to re you know obviously um, re-sign DC contract, extend his contract, and then potentially add more, more players to, to fit this, this scheme and this team that's going to be definitely contenders heading into the new year. So yeah, I feel like it was a win-win man, which is rare to say for Raiders off season transactions, but feel good about it. Yeah. And I think uh, as you mentioned, the whole post June one situation uh, with the freed up cap, I wouldn't be surprised if there was conversations with, Renfro conversations with Waller saying like, look, we'll start talking post this time frame because we're going to have a lot freed up. We will be able to work on something at that point. So um, I, you know, like you said, it's things don't end just because the first week of free agency went by and, you know, a lot of top names start getting contracts. So it'll be interesting. Uh, we will see what happens, but all in all, they're doing a lot of, you know, there's been times in the past where we're like, okay, yeah, that's that's got some team friendliness to it, but also like, well, you know, you want those kind of guys, you just got to pay them, you know? It's like, we just got to be big spenders. We just got to give them what, what they're worth and all this stuff. But even just now, it feels different with Ziegler in there. It just feels different than, you know, Mayock had a little bit of that going from Reggie to Mayock and then now to Ziegler. You kind of seen it kind of transition a little bit, but it just feels better that like, they are putting together the most team-friendly deal they possibly can in every situation to kind of appease both sides. And it does kind of feel in some situations, too, that they're like, and maybe reason why Gilmore hasn't signed or Honey Badger hasn't signed, that they're like, this is where we're at. This is what we'll offer you. Probably aren't going to be able to, you know, negotiate much farther past that. It is what it is. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see where we go when we uh, unlock a bunch more money after June 1st. but. It's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I think we've seen this over the last couple of years with those those guys that are on the on the market that don't get kind of bought up on the first wave that they'll take their time, they'll be patient and be able to get potentially a multi-year deal at the um, APV that they're looking for. So it's all hopefully trending in the right direction. All in all, we secured our future and didn't overcommit, didn't overcommit too much on the front end with salary, which is great. Um, and I feel like we're in a good spot to be to be players in free agency again, and also get a pretty competitive team heading into heading into the new year, which apparently starts in June. But man, I feel like we're already there, which is good for us. You know, I think it's positive. But we are going to get into um, our first mock draft. But before we do, Micah, would you like to tell the people who this episode is brought to us by? Absolutely, I love that you nailed that. First one back, it's, you know, you never know. You never know how it's going to go. You kind of, you get on a streak a little bit of, of nailing it, and then we don't do it together for a while. So. Still wasn't smooth, but I appreciate that. It, it's all good. I liked it, and I think the the listeners will be very accepting of it. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. The NBA playoffs means next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. 
Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Cool. Well, let's let's get into it. We're going to do our first mock draft. As mentioned, the NFL draft is in two weeks in Las Vegas. The company has invested into new technology that I believe we talked about previously, but we have a mock draft simulator that we're going to go through a lot easier than me keeping an Excel sheet or Micah typing it out. So um, we're going to go one by one. We're going to make picks for every, basically every one in the first round. And because it's a Raider podcast, we're going to have, we're going to be able to select the 86th pick, um, which is the Raiders first pick in the third round because of the Devontae Adams trade, which we'll make together, Micah, but the other ones will not. So I must ask you, odd or even? Um, I'm going to go even. It was even. Okay. So do you want so do you want odds? Now do you want odds or evens? <laughs> um, I'll take odds. Um, all right. Well, you picked odds, so you're going first. So first on the clock is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where are we going? So for the Jacksonville Jaguars, a lot of – you saw last draft they went, uh, first round at least, pretty heavy with the offense. So they're going defense. Um, I think a lot of people are looking at putting this guy 1-1 overall. Uh, and that's Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher out of Michigan. Uh, dude's just a beast, you know, and it's it's been th- during the college football season, it was like, this is Thibodeau's spot to lose, um, rusher out of uh, Oregon. He came in and Hutchinson came in and just dominated during the season and put himself in that contention. I think a lot of people are penciling him there. So, Yep, definitely the consensus number one pick. Well, great. So now this leads to um, the – Second pick, we have the Detroit Lions, who, as far as needs go, you know, they need help all over the place. QB has been a big concern. Um, obviously, they have Jared Goff, understanding he's not the future. But as far as this draft is concerned, I think it's a little too rich um, to take a QB at number two. If it was last year or next year, I think they'd be well positioned to take a quarterback in the future. But not today, my friends. They are going to take someone that has been rising up the draft boards a lot recently, and that is Trayvon Walker, edge rusher out of Georgia. He's someone that has gained a lot of steam um, since the college football season, pre-draft stuff, obviously the combine, pro days. He's a freak of nature. This is not necessarily my cup of tea as far as betting on traits alone. You know, I, I do like the production to correlate, you know, having – I guess being able to have production college translating to the NFL, but it's not always, you know, that clear. You have someone who has all these elite physical tools um, and that Georgia was just asked to do a lot of different things compared to just, Hey, get on the edge, pin your ears back and go. But he's a freak of nature. I think he's someone that can come in and be a big asset to, to the lions. And has once again, gotten a lot of um, a lot of steam recently. So he's going number two overall. You're up on the clock. Houston Texans selecting at number three. As far as their needs go on this PFF, it says every position. So 
Micah, you have a very interesting choice on your hands. Yeah, I was about to say that too. It's it's fantastic that um, they can see this uh, on the screen on YouTube because it just says every position, like you said. We're also at the point where um, we've hit the first team that has multiple picks in this draft. They also have 13, um, which coincidentally I'll be picking as well. But, you know, they just got rid of their superstar quarterback. As everybody knows, Deshaun Watson's situation gets traded. All that stuff goes down. This draft is not necessarily top end when it comes to quarterbacks. Like Andy said, um, top few picks, you know, going with a quarterback is kind of rich in that realm. So I think that they are going to go with a quarterback on the back end of a defense, and that's Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton at safety. He is one of those all-around just dynamic players. I know you're really big on him. You really like him. Uh, I think that you could sit there and possibly go with a corner in that position. And I know people don't value safeties um, as much as other positions on defense, but I think this dude is a defensive changing type of player dynamic enough that you can have him do whatever you want. Now, are they going to have the person to help bring him along and, and be that type of person on defense? Who knows? But I think that's the kind of player that when you need players at every single position, take someone who is going to be able to lock down that back end of the defense. So I know that might not be super popular with a few other uh, corners and uh, edge rushers on the board, but that's my pick. I love it. Yeah. I think it's like, I think you hit it on the head and I don't want to go back and forth on each other's pick, but this is important because it's like, Hey, they need all the help. And yeah, you can single thread be like, well, the value of a safety at number three, it's like, well, if he's graded out as the top player on your board, and you and you have needs all over the place, and that's the pick. So I love it. The Jets are on the board right now at number four. They also have two picks, and I also have both of theirs. So that's why we structured it that way. We definitely didn't do that randomly. So they definitely have needs at wide receiver. They do need some help on the back end and the secondary. But um, I think edge rusher is the biggest need for them because the edge rushers are going to fly off the board here. So you sit here and look at – you got Thibodeau, you got Karloftis, Ojabo, Jermaine Johnson. Now this is, I'm going to just say this is what I would do. And I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson at number four. And I feel great about it. Um, it seems pretty high to some, but he's also someone that is very well-rounded and his effort all across the board, um, just every play, play in, play out. He's good on, good against the run, good against getting, you know, getting to the quarterback. And he's just a hustler as far as like that Mad Max energy, right? Um, and if you think about their defense, Robert Sala, he runs stairs before the games, guys. He's all about energy, you know? And I think he's all about team first mentality, which might push them away from someone like Kayvon Thibodeau. So Jermaine Johnson, number four, is my pick for the New York Jets. Micah, you are on the clock with another New York team. We have the New York football giants at pick number five. What say you? Wow, that was interesting. Um, I, both both your picks that you've had so far with Walker uh, and Johnson, you know, I haven't been keeping up a crazy amount on a lot of mock drafts, but I like hearing these names that I'm like, oh, I definitely haven't done enough research into you know hearing these pop up recently. But I love it. I love hearing you know uh, off the cuff, um, away from the norm type of stuff. So uh, I got the New York Giants here once again. We did not plan this, but. They have pick five and seven, which means I pick for them on both both sections of this. I think that they look at this and, and you know, a big part of 
the argument of, you know, Danny Dimes being out there, people that like are pro Danny Dimes was he doesn't have the protection that he needs. He's always, you know, he's always getting hit. He's always having to scramble for his life. He doesn't have weapon necessarily the most weapons around him um, and the protection around him. So I think they're going to go tackle here. And I think they're going to go with Evan Neal. Now, that's a name that I have seen popping up as a potential top guy. There's like three different guys that are right in that little range of could be the top tackle. Um, But I think they look at it. I think they have some other needs that they could address. But with that number seven pick, I think they can go with a tried and true Alabama guy and work somewhere else when it comes to that number seven pick. So, Yeah, definitely tackle, you know, one of those two picks. So I think that's that's great. Great fit, Evan Neal. To the New York Giants at number five, which brings me to the Carolina Panthers at number six. Now, I have my thoughts about the Panthers strategy here, but everything has been pointed to them taking a quarterback at number six. And I just can't help but feel like they're they need a quarterback to kind of start this fresh, you know, this fresh turn, turn the page of their franchise. That's not a saying, but it is now. Um, And also you got Matt Rule, who is on the hot seat. And it's kind of like a spin zone where if he drops a quarterback, he might be able to buy himself two or three years. Say, hey, I've got to develop this quarterback, you know, what have you. So I'm going to go quarterback and I'm, I'm going to go quarterback and adhere to the fact that they need a quarterback and everything's pointed to that. But I'm not going to go the one that everyone is saying they are going to pick. I'm going to go Matt Corral. Okay. Matt Corral at number six. That's where I'm going. And it's... Um, I guess I'm tipping my hand a little bit on who my QB one is in this, uh, in this draft, but um, going Matt Corral, they need a quarterback. They need to change someone to work um, with DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and maybe buy Matt rule sometime. So Matt Corral, number six, Carolina Panthers, which brings Micah back to New York again with his, the seventh overall pick. Where are the New York giants going? Yeah. So I think right here for the giants, they look at things and they looked at the Panthers and they knew that the Panthers could go with an offensive lineman and get the guy that they like. So they need to take him first. They, however, don't necessarily expect them to take an edge rusher. So that's why they thought they could get Kayvon Thibodeau, number seven. Giants are taking him, add to that defense and try to get someone that can uh, get after the quarterback as opposed to protecting quarterback. Love it. Which leads us to the Atlanta Falcons, who have also been linked to quarterbacks. Obviously, the trade with Matt Ryan, they brought over Marcus Mariota as a stopgap. I think that as much as quarterback might entice them, I do not believe they're going to go that route. I think they are going to address the cornerback position uh, because they need all the help they can get outside of A.J. Terrell, someone to to work the other side. And that's going to be my CB1. We talked about it. Sauce Gardner going to the Atlanta Falcons at number eight. I think he addresses a big need. Once again, a team that has a ton of needs. You look at your board, best player available that fills a need. Sauce Gardner is that for the Atlanta Falcons at number eight. So now we are on to the Seattle Seahawks at pick number nine. Micah, where are we going there? Yeah, so as everybody knows, Seahawks, they get this pick from Denver because they traded Russell Wilson. Um, I think this is where I feel like things could go haywire um, in, a, in a lot of situations. I think they look at it and as much as you can point at some of the people that are on the board right now, 
at the different positions of need that they have, especially on the defensive side of things. No one to a football team is more important than a quarterback. And I think if they look at the guy who is most similar in this draft to what they've been used to doing with Russell Wilson, and they're going Malik Willis. (laughs) Number nine, Malik Willis goes in the top 10. Might be unpopular opinion, but that dude is, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like as this process goes along, there's, I mean, there's legit talks that he could be QB1 in this draft just because it's not the strongest draft, but we're seeing a lot of these things transfer over to where you want these quarterbacks that are mobile. And when you can do more with it, you know, he's, he's got the ability to pass as well. So I think that Pete Carroll looks at that and sees, uh, you know, a, a potential second coming of Russell Wilson in him and they go there. I love it. I love Malik Willis. I love the pick. I love Seattle just kind of restarting and, and like you mentioned, going leaning a little bit towards what they had in the past with Russ Wilson. So beautiful. New York Jets back on the clock at number 10. As we covered, I took Jermaine Johnson at number four um, for this team. So um, now they're sitting at 10 with definitely a lot of help that they still need. But I think one of the best players in this draft overall, which will also assess a big need, which may not seem obvious at the O-tackle position. I'm going to go Ikem Ikwanu, the offensive tackle out of North Carolina State. If you recall, Makai Beckton was drafted a couple years ago, big dog. They also um, brought over, I forgot what his name was, someone in free agency that's been another starting tackle. But I think Kwanu is one of the best players in the draft and definitely continue to build around Zach Wilson and um, might be a little unpopular because I know wide receiver was a big need for them. But sticking away from that, I'm going to tackle. We're going to build in the trenches. So now we have pick number 11 with the Washington football team. Micah, you're on the clock. Yeah, so with Washington, they got a few different needs uh, across the board, uh, mainly um, a lot on offense. And one of the biggest things that they are in need of um, is someone on the interior offense, right? So this is going to be this is going to be a, a an odd pick as well. I feel like you know I'm going two in a row that are a little funky, but I think you look at someone like Tyler Lindenbaum, who is a center, who you could potentially play at guard if you needed to, who is just a dynamic offense alignment. And when you're uh, kind of moving along and trying to figure out what you're going to do with your quarterback of the future, who knows if they go any of that route this draft, but maybe on, you want to have a solid interior line to be able to do that. I think you could bring in some guards or tackles some vet guys to help him along the way but Linderbaum that dude that dude is just a beast in the interior line he just mauls people all over the place out of Iowa yeah and I think with where they're at in their needs you know it's too rich for a quarterback is it too rich for a linebacker probably not if you have a guy that you're just in love with but I think when you get to that point of someone who's kind of dynamic enough to play both I think I think you rock it I think you roll with it Lindenbaum that's where I'm at Love it. Love that. Um, All right. Minnesota Vikings pick number 12. This is, you know, a team that has, has some needs, but um, usually a perennial playoff team. Um, I think they're, this just makes sense as far as what they, what they need. Um, They they need help in the secondary. Um, They did resign Patrick Peterson um, to another one-year deal. 
Um, and where did Patrick Peterson go? He went to LSU. So they're going to take Derek Singley Jr. at number 12. There's been some talks about Singley, similar to Thibodeau, um, who has fallen in the draft, but you know the last year or two has been projected a top five pick, but he doesn't slip too far. He goes to the Vikings, addresses a big need, and you got Patrick Peterson to be the mentor um, over him because there have been some competition concerns, some effort concerns around Stingley, but you cannot knock his talent. So falls out of the top 10, but sticks at number 12 to the Minnesota Vikings. Alrighty. Pick number 13. You are back at it again with the Houston Texans and you took previously Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton at number three overall, where are the Texans going at 13? Yeah. So I think, uh, I think they look at it and they, they see that, one of those top tackles on offense still on the board. We're going Charles Cross. They're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with the quarterback situation. But, you know, we saw that Deshaun Watson was one of those people that kind of had to run for his life for the most part while he was there and he was good at doing so. So he was able to make things happen. But I think no matter which way they end up going with their quarterback, whether that's this year or in years down the road, um, they're going to need a tackle to be able to learn along with them and be able to protect them. So. Charles Cross. Great. Love that. Texans got to rebuild and they believe in Davis Mills, which good for them. Believe in him. All right. Pick number 14. This is the Baltimore Ravens. Very interesting spot for them. They need a little bit of help. There's always been the talk of getting Lamar Jackson more targets. Um, I think it's very interesting. A wide receiver hasn't gone off the board and I was leaning a certain way before the draft, but how the board plays out, I think, they have to take BPA and someone that can bring Lamar Jackson um, some help, which would complement Hollywood Brown. And so you get a big target, which is Drake London, uh, wide receiver out of USC. The uh, Ravens finally start building um, through the draft with weapons outside of the interior on, or I guess the trenches on both sides. So give Lamar Jackson some help, give him a big body. Um, Drake London going to the Baltimore Ravens, which brings us to Micah at number 15 one of two picks in the first round, the Philadelphia Eagles, number 15. Micah, where is Philly? Where's Philly going? Yeah, and this is the first time that Mark's um, uh, splitting a two-draft spot team where um, I got him at 15, you got him at 18. Um, I think that it's going to be potentially a little surprising that we've gotten this far and haven't seen a linebacker come off the board yet. So I think we're going to see them take Devin Lloyd out of Utah, Dude is just an absolute animal. They need some help on the on the defensive side. As much as there are a lot of, um, you know, very interesting people out there uh, in regards to receivers that they could add, it's not necessarily what they need, even though Jalen Rager sucks and is probably going to get moved somewhere, some point or another. But Devin Lloyd, linebacker. Love it. I love Devin Lloyd. He's a stud. All right. Another team with two picks and – we're sticking to our recent trend where I have them at the, I have the new Orleans saints at number 16, but you have them at 19. So I think the, the saints are looking at it here um, where they do need a quarterback, but they did resign James, James Winston. He could be that stopgap similar to Mariota for the Falcons. So I don't think they address quarterback. I think they look at the board and are ecstatic to take Garrett Wilson wide receiver out of the Ohio state university. Someone that is, very polished route runner, great hands, and also has some good top end speed. You don't know the situation with Michael Thomas. Um, if Michael Thomas isn't on the roster, you would laugh at their wide receiving core right now. So 
whether Thomas is back or not um, with his injury concern or maybe not liking the team at all, they still need to add some talent there. So Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, and the receivers start coming off the board here. So, um, Mike, I know this is going to be hard for you, but you do have to select um, for the Los Angeles Chargers as they are picking at number 17. Absolutely. And I think this is the first spot where you see a punter coming off the board um, in the first round. <laughs> there is a good one in the draft, by the way. He's a le- left-footed putter out of San Diego State. Hell yeah. Yeah, he'll get drafted. So the Chargers have invested their whole future into Justin Herbert, right? And they just signed Mike Williams, even though he is someone that you know is faster. You look at him and Keenan Allen, and you look at two bigger-bodied receivers – they don't necessarily have that dynamic, can do everything, and like absolutely no matter what you do, have to account for them, take the top off the defense kind of guy. And I think that's where Jameson Williams fall into play. They're going to have a very scary wide receiver group if they do end up drafting him and going that route. But nonetheless, they go wide receiver and try to continue to boost that offense that was dynamic and absolutely terribly weird from one possession to another. So. Jamison Williams got to boost up that wide receiver group. Yeah, that would be a knife in the side of all everyone in the AFC West, especially the Raiders. But he's going to be dangerous, and I hope he gets picked before. But as far as this draft is concerned, he goes to the Chargers, um, which is unfortunate. But I like the pick. I like the respect that you're giving to this exercise. So I got 18 um, Philadelphia Eagles on the board. Now Micah took Devin Lloyd at 15, linebacker. Um, so then – now they're going to say, we do need to address the wide receiver position. Let's make it three years in a row that we do that. Um, two years ago, Jalen Rager. Last year, they go Devontae Smith. So now they give, they need a little bit of a speed, speed guy, someone to compliment Smith. You could lean Traylon Burks as a big bodied guy. I think that would be a good fit. But I think that you, they are going to go with Chris Olave out of Ohio State someone who they probably wish Jalen Rager was, but good compliment to, once again, Devontae Smith and also Jalen Hurts, who can take advantage of some stuff up the top with Alave as a burner. So that's the Eagles. They addressed both backer and wide receiver, and now the Saints are on the clock for their second pick of the first round. And as mentioned a couple picks ago, Garrett Wilson just went there at 16, wide receiver. Now, Micah, you're on the clock for the Saints at 19. Yeah, so I thought one interesting thing that we saw with the Saints, this free agency, is they they snuck up as potential suitors for um, Deshaun Watson uh, and are in a situation where they brought back James Winston um, and they have Taysom Hill, as everybody knows, uh, but are still kind of in that, like, what are we going to do with a quarterback situation? That being said, they aren't necessarily going to pull the trigger right now on a quarterback uh, in the first round. Um, I think they are okay with getting um, some great talent around that quarterback. Uh, Andy added Garrett Wilson already. So I think that's why they're going to go with Bernard Raymond, tackle out of Central Michigan. As I've said before, kind of like with the Texans, you need a quarterback and you need a tackle to protect them. And I think as the next best tackle on the board at the moment, uh, they go with him. Uh, You know, they're building the outside of the offensive line to be ready for the quarterback. Plus, I mean, Jameis Winston is one of the most wild card players at the quarterback position in the league. So whatever you can do to keep him from improvising will bode best for you. So, 
Uh, yeah, I think that's fantastic. They lost Teron Armstead in free agency. You address the tackle need. I think that's beautiful. Great pick for the New Orleans Saints, um, which leads us to pick number 20, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben is no longer there. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to play the narrative, right? Just that story of Big Ben falls off. They send him off to the sunset. Maybe, you know, shoot him behind the shed. You know, I don't know, right? They just let him go. He's gone now. So why not go back into the backyard and go get your guy, Kenny Pickett? Huh? Address the quarterback need. He's out of pit, guys. Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's do this thing. Definitely one of the top, a lot of people have him as the top quarterbacks on their board for this year. He slides number 20, and then uh, Pittsburgh addresses their quarterback of the future. Kenny Pickett, number 20, going to the Steelers, which leads us to the New England Patriots. Pick number 21, Micah, you are on the clock. All right, so now got the Patriots on the clock at 21. Um, I, you know, we've seen few of the top uh, guys at this position go off the board. Uh, one dropping a little farther than you think. But I think with the Patriots here, they need a decent amount of help on defense. They not only traded away uh, their top cornerback in Gilmore, they lost their next best cornerback in Jackson uh, to free agency. So I think they go with Trent McDuffie, a uh, corner out of Washington. He's a legit corner that can kind of turn into your, your number one guy. Um, if they can bring him along, I think with the Patriots and the Patriot way, um, they're one of the teams that you expect that can kind of progress players along to, you know, be where they want to be. And we've seen that the cornerback position is something that they've been able to turn out some good talent. in. so Trent McDuffie, Washington. It's my guy. I love it. Green Bay Packers sitting here at number 22. Um, this was the Raiders spot. Obviously, they got this pick in the Devontae Adams deal. I think all of Green Bay would just revolt against the Packer organization, which is weird because they're owned by Green Bay. You know, there's not one single owner there. So if they did not go wide receiver, and that's where I think they go. Now, they're probably not super happy about all the names that have gone off the board, but still someone who has been arguably, you know, top receiver just dependent on flavor right for each team they go trail on burks wide receiver out of arkansas he's one of the one of the last ones of the of the run on wide receivers but they sit there addressing me get rogers another weapon he's not Devontae adams sorry guys we got him but uh nonetheless they address a big need for for that offense and go with trail on burks wide receiver arkansas now michael michael mcdonald 23 arizona cardinals you're on the clock my good man Yes. So looking here with the Cardinals, they are going to be the one that starts this little snagging of defensive interior line help. Um, They're going to go with Jordan Davis out of Georgia. If I'm not mistaken, our boy Brenton Buckner, defensive line coach, I believe is still with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Love that dude when he was with the Raiders. It seemed like he really was able to get a lot out of um, our young players and the and the players that we had there. So I think he's going to be a great defensive line coach to help Davis kind of bring out his full potential. But dude is is up there as you know potentially top defensive lineman. Um, just a big big dude and something that he was kind of a little bit linked to the Raiders somewhat um, when we still had that 
22nd pick. So Cardinals go with some interior defensive line as much as they could use some help protecting Kyler Murray. We don't even know if Kyler Murray is going to show up to uh, training camp. So <laughs> I think they try to uh, solidify the defensive side a little bit. That's a large human being um, going to Arizona. So now it's me, Dallas Cowboys, 24 overall. You know, it's playoff team, need a little bit of help. I think they could, you know, go linebacker here, um, Nicobe Dean potentially, free up Micah Parsons to play just that joker role all over the place. Don't think they go that route. I think they end up going with George Karloftis, who is a D-end out of Purdue. One of, once again, one of the top five DNs in this class. It's a very strong defensive end class, but um, someone who's very productive at Purdue, someone that can come in and play, you know, his role. And even then um, could allow them to move and shake that defensive line in that second level with the backers, just best player available addresses the need as well. Lost Randy Gregory to free agency. Um, so that helps them um, on that, on that front, on that defensive front. So now we got the, uh, Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like them. They're at 25, Micah. What to say yeah? Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I go to a spot where another guy uh, who could be potentially top guy at his position as well. Then Bills might not want to hook themselves up to a better wagon than Devontae Wyatt up the middle <laughs> interior defensive line. So, you know, that's one thing that they, they could use help with. Their defense is been relatively good for them has been uh, definitely helped out with Josh Allen and them working them into the playoffs and all that stuff. So I think pressure up the middle collapsing the pocket is one thing that they need help with doing, um, especially when you get into the playoffs and you're, you're, you know, the AFC quarterbacks, a lot of good quarterbacks out there. So. Yeah. Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis teammates that go in the last three picks in the first round. Look at that Georgia team. There's a reason they won the, the Natty. All right, 26, Tennessee Titans. It's a weird team for me to assess. It's obviously a good team. How they're built is through Derrick Henry, Cannon Hill off play action. Now, they did lose Julio Jones. You could say they cut him, but they still lost him, you know. Um, so you could see getting Tannehill some extra help here. I don't know if they go that route. I think they do have a need at it says on PFF here as well for edge help. And I think they go David Ajabo. Now, David Ajabo, defensive end out of Michigan. He was the the running mate with Aiden Hutchinson on the other side of the line. He tore his Achilles at his pro day. And if you recall, the Tennessee Titans made a similar pick in the last draft with Jeffrey Simmons, who was also coming off injury and kind of just said, hey, we're going to get you healthy and then you're going to play a role. And I think Ajabo's talent is probably top 15. Um, he ends up sliding because of the injury. Tennessee Titans have proven they're willing to do that kind of investment in the past. They go David Ajabo, edge rusher out of Michigan, which leads us to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number 27, Micah, you're on. Yeah, so we got the Bucks here. I think that, um, you know, I'm just making this run. I'm making this run on interior defense alignment, right? Um, I think that you look at the Bucks defense and everything around that position is is well for them, you know, and they they are in a position where their team is very good. No team can necessarily afford to just take flyers in the first round. Um, but when you got a guy like this who 
definitely has a lot of a lot of upside and and maybe someone that he's right in that cusp of like is he going to be like back into the first round is he going to be somewhere in the second round but travis jones d lime out of connecticut top two guys are gone right but i think they are in a spot where they can take someone like that and hope to build him and um you know turn him into a round one talent so that dude's a stud great pick by you sir Second, now here's the second of the, here's the second pick of the first round for the Green Bay Packers. They just got Traylon Burks, like I mentioned earlier in the round, and they're looking at it and saying, we lost Devontae Adams. He's basically our whole team, um, you know, as far as the receiving core. The second leading receiver on that team was Aaron Jones. He's a running back, guys. So still have Alan Lazard, get Traylon Burks to use him, you know, kind of in the slot. He's a big body. You can use him outside, move around the formation. Go get you a technician in Christian Watson who has elite top-end speed. And we're just going to keep addressing the wide receivers. So if you want to get mad that the uh, Packers haven't drafted a receiver in the first round in the last 40 years, well, you just drafted two. Okay. Welcome, Aaron Rodgers. You're back. We're reinvesting in this offense. Two big-time wide receivers to join that core, and they'll be impact players from day one. So Christian Watson to join Traylon Burks in this first round for the Green Bay Packers. Now we are approaching very uncomfortable territory where uh, the next two picks are the Chiefs. So not only do you have to make a pick for them, I do as well. So why don't you lead us off pick number 29, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, so um, I think you look at the Chiefs and uh, by all accounts, I guess not expected to come back. And one of their uh, biggest losses of the year was Tyron Matthew. Matthew, however you want to pronounce it, right? So I think they go after a dude who is a really good tackler, just like he is, and someone who can um, kind of fill that safety in Lewis Sign, uh, safety out of Georgia. Um, I know that they could use some quarterback cornerback help. There's a few nice corners on the board right now, but I think that, you know, I think they take, take a little bit of a flyer. They have two picks here. They go try to get their safety um, and – next best safety on the board after uh, Hamilton got picked way early. So Lewis sign. He's a stud, another Georgia bulldog. So I have the Chiefs' second pick here. The punter is still available. Just want everyone to know that, but I will not be disrespectful to this exercise. Um, I think they have to, in one of these two picks, address the wide receiver um, position. A lot of receivers have flown off the board in this, but I do believe that they can um, – you know, at least address that with someone who is kind of that fringe first, early second round in Skymore. Western Michigan wide receiver, someone that has gained a lot of steam. Western Michigan doesn't get a lot of publicity, you know, in the for college football, but someone who is just, he's a baller. Him and Christian Watson, very similar, uh, you know, receivers in a sense of small schools that have accelerated themselves in the first round. Go get you some help for Patrick Mahomes after the big loss for Tyreek Hill another big loss to that team in the offseason. So Sky Moore, wide receiver, Western Michigan, goes to the Chiefs at pick number 30, which now leads us to the Cincinnati Bengals at number 31. Micah, you are at the clock. Yeah, so I think that if there's one consensus thing that everybody can agree on from last year and this year is that the Bengals need offensive line help. Going into the Super Bowl, the number one talk of the town was that uh, Joe Burrow was the highest sacked quarterback in the league. 
Um, and he was facing Matt Stafford, who was the the highest interception throwing quarterback in the league. And they're both just playing each other in the Super Bowl. So <laughs> guard and center, both are needed, right? Um, I think you look at it and they go basically with the top guy still on the board um, as an interior offensive lineman. And that's Zion Johnson out of Boston College. I think they just... They had a big boy in the middle, uh, and they just start to to build for Joe Burrow, especially because they're going to have to pay him a jillion dollars a year soon, uh, as you have uh, posted and talked about before. So, great. Um, yeah, they address the the tackle position free agency. Um, now they go get their their interior offensive lineman. See, and and this is you know we all show our cards a little bit, right? Now we like the flashy players, but Mike is really centered in on the interior offense and defensive line. And I respect that, you know, because he's a trench guy. You guys probably know that he's in the trenches. So I respect the pick big need for those guys. Now this leads me to the last pick of the first round Detroit lions. So at number two, overall, they took Trayvon Walker. This is the pick coming from the Los Angeles Rams who won the Super Bowl. So they get the second, they get the last pick of the first round, their second of the day and could be a potential quarterback spot. You know, Corral, Willis and Pickett have gone off the board. Um, the other options would be someone like a Sam Howell or a Desmond Ritter. I don't think they fall that way. I think they look at their defense and continue to build on that side. And why don't you get a running mate with Trayvon Walker and go get Nicobe Dean, who is, High, you know, he's a highly rated player to some. His his size is a little concerned, but if you just watch the film, he is he's a baller. He was the captain of that defense. You bring in someone, you look at Dan Campbell. He's going to love someone like Nickobe Dean. Pair him with his running mate Trayvon Walker, and you got uh, and you got the Lions closing it out at number thirty-two of the draft with Nickobe Dean. So now we are going to skip all the way because Raiders haven't picked yet. We're on the clock now with the Raiders first pick of the draft, number 86 overall. And Micah, this is going to be a choice that we both make. Okay. So just look, look back at it. Whoa. Chandler Jones got him in the off season, obviously signed a slew of players and then addressed the wide receiver position with Devonte Adams. So currently what it's showing is that we need some help on the offensive line, defensive interior linebacker, and corner. So here we are, Micah, here's our choice. How do you, what are we thinking? What are your thoughts? Let's just, you know, brainstorm this. So looking at it, a few different people, a few different positions that are needed. And I think when you look at our roster, one of the positions that we purged the most and could use a little bit of depth and life on is linebacker. And my thought purely based off of the name of said player available, Jojo Doman, because one main reason being that fantasy football main name, Jojo is Domanint on the defense. You know, that it's, it's a stretch, but anyways, um, a lot of his draft profile talks about how he was, you know, a little bit closer to a, a slot corner than he necessarily was just a pure linebacker, but he's 230 pounds. So I think someone like that, my opinion, go out and get a linebacker to help that defense. Another guy we could uh, see Patrick Graham kind of just tailor to where he can play, what he can do with him. You know, this league needs coverage linebackers. So that's where my vote would go. Yeah, I think the number one, the name is fantastic. So good on you for that. 
I think that it does definitely addresses a need for us. And currently looking at it, you look at the top corners, a lot of them have flown off the board. You look at, you know, offensive line, defensive interior. I think unless they had a high grade on some of them, um, Kellen Deesh out of Arizona State, you could look at um, and see if he could play right tackle. But I think I am in agreement with you. We, especially with the foreseeable cuts of Littleton and Kwiatkowski, do have Divine Diablo, but I know he'll play this kind of hybrid role in the Patrick Graham system. So that's what we are going to do. We are going to take Jojo Doman, Dominant, Jojo Domanet, Jojo Doman, Nebraska linebacker. He's coming to Las Vegas, guys. Love it. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Perryman and Diablo are the only linebackers on our roster. I could be wrong, but... They will be, yeah. Yeah, after the cuts, the June 1st cuts or whatever. So, Yep, lost Nick Morrow. So, yeah, I think it's a good pick, good depth pick, and definitely someone that's versatile that can play in Graham's scheme. So, I love it. In the Graham scheme of things. In the Graham scheme of things. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, cool. That was it, our first mock draft of the year. Probably the only one because we're getting close, guys. We're getting close to it, but – um. You know, next week I will um, unveil my top five quarterbacks um, of the NFL draft, which everyone should look at and say that's those are the exactly how you should grade them because I'm an expert. Certainly, we could do a look back on last year's top five, um, so where we can make fun of me if I had any misses there. But all in all, we'll rock through that next week. We'll also center in on more third round prospects, realistic prospects that'll be there outside of this one off pick at number eighty six even though it was a good one. Um, and then the following week, it'll be draft week. So yeah, till next time, Raider Nation. Love you guys. It's been real. Micah, good to be back. Okay. We're going to, we're moving forward here, but peace up, peace up, peace out, stand up. That's how long it's been. Sit down. It's the off season kind of guys, but till next time, love you guys. Yeah, it was fun. It was great to be be back together again. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh, go check this out on Twitter. We'll uh, hopefully have a couple videos up, splitting up this podcast in general, get some more content out on uh, on YouTube, and get some videos on YouTube. That's what I meant to say. But go follow us on Twitter as well. Go check out RaiderTakePodcast.com. Uh, we got the website. And get your merch. And get some merch there. You know, what we do here is go back t-shirts, uh, Raider Nation stand-up t-shirts, some good swag. So check that out. Draft coming up soon. We all love draft parties, right? We might have to figure some type of Mount Rushmore of some draft party stuff. This is me just spitballing as it comes into my mind right now. This is not something we've talked about, and I am I'm dragging this on, this ending out, but We'll come up with some good draft stuff outside of just covering, you know, some picks as well, uh, because we do like to keep it funky here and there too. So hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>